Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bulletproof Marketer. Great show for all of you out there listening in, um, covering some really big topics, uh, ones that will be hopefully pretty helpful for you on your day-to-day marketing duties. I'm your fearless host, Christopher Tompkins, here to bring you no BS marketing advice for marketers by marketers. So I'm here to lead the charge, hold the flag, wave it, et cetera, et cetera, on bullshit marketing advice that you get. So I'm going to cut through all of the crap and give you some really good tips, hopefully that you can use immediately after the show. So we're going to kick off our show today um, talking about some of the trends that we're seeing out there and news that is fit to print on the BPM trend spotter. After that, we are going to take a deep dive into what is thought leadership and what should you be doing to really execute a thought leadership campaign. So I'll give you a little bit of um, background there. I had some recent conversations and that's come up. So thought it might be something that's good to clear up on the show. Also, when I talk in our BPM versus Stockholm syndrome, our topic is going to be about audience growth and maybe the one metric that you're not paying attention to that is changing all of your numbers for the worse. Then finally, we're going to be talking about our silver bullet, which is basically one thing that you can do guaranteed to help you get better results with your marketing or with your marketing communications. All right, folks, if this is the first time that you've listened to us, please join the discussion online. You can tweet me at BP Marketer on Twitter or join the inner circle. Go to our website, gosalesandmarketing.com and sign up for the daily newsletter via the pop-up. It's a great newsletter packed with information, lots of lots of great stories every single day, a really great cup of coffee read. So uh, sign up on our website and uh, let's rock and roll that out. So let's get into the BPM trend spotter. This is where we're going to cover some of the most interesting news and trends that have developed over the past week or so. And I'm going give to give you my spin on them. I've been uh, watching our newsletter, The Bulletproof Marketer, for the last week. And there's been some stories I want to dive into to highlight. First one being Pinterest. Oh my gosh, nobody talks about Pinterest, do they? Well, they should. Pinterest is a really great platform and one that I feel gets lost in the mix when you're talking about marketing um, of your products, your services, um, anything really. I mean, it's a really great platform and it's visually appealing. Um, lots and uh, lots of really great engagement and visibility that you can gain from there. But a lot of people don't use it. But here I'm going to tell you something new. They're, they're, they've just announced, um, I believe it was uh, like a week ago or something. Um, their expanded launch of premier spotlight ads. And also they've previewed travel catalogs. So that's also something else that's kind of new. So the premier spotlight um, are basically ads that enable brands to own the search tab in the app. So you can own it with prominent video placement that takes up to about 50% of the tab screen. That is amazing, by the way. So after the initial testing that they did, um, it, it had some really fantastic results for the partners. So they're rolling it out now in Australia, Canada, France, Germany, UK, and the US. So if you are doing spotlights, um, you can do these premier spotlight ads, and they really do pack some bang with their buck. Now, the one thing I'll say about Pinterest advertising is that I don't feel like it's an instant win. I do feel like it takes a little bit of time. So if you are executing an advertising initiative on Pinterest, understand that the test time that you're going to be doing the test in 
is going to be longer than you would on Facebook or Google or uh, LinkedIn or whatever, um, any other site that you want. Pinterest, for some reason, does take a little bit of an extended period, maybe even 60 to sometimes 90 days to have the correct learning done. But once the learning is done, it's done and it's game on. So it is definitely worth a look. Don't forget. I mean, these ads are fantastic. And then the travel catalogs um, are going to be obviously for those in um, the travel industry, but you're able to um, really focus on uh, showing relevant details such as like the brand pricing and descriptions directly on the pin itself. And then you can use your ad targeting tools and, spe and reach specific audiences based on the location data from your feed. So it's a really great way to uh, talk about your, your holiday getaway or your um, activity that can be done during the get, uh, a, a vacation, et cetera, et cetera. So lots of implications there. But biggest takeaway here is if you're not using Pinterest, there's lots of people are using it. And there are really high levels of success that you can get. It's, but it's based off of success, consistent work over time. So it takes a little bit of time, but if you're in, if you're in it to win it, Pinterest is definitely a place where I would go. This next story, I absolutely died when I read the title because I really do feel the same way. And um, it's an article that's title is artificial intelligence is not yet as smart as a dog. Meta AI chief says, okay, pretty much current AI systems like chat GPT, they don't have human level intelligence and obviously aren't as smart as a dog. So the, um, this meta AI chief, um, Yan Li Kun, Li Kun said that, uh, the limitations of generative AI, such as chat GPT, um, they're not very intelligent because they're solely trained on language. There's more to it. In the future, there'll be machines that are more intelligent than humans. Um, so it, it, it's it's not taking into consideration all of the elements. It can pick up some like kind of regular sentiment that's from language, but the emotions are things that they're missing. So those are things that they're going to be building into AI over time. AI is definitely a topic that I'm asked about a lot. And I do feel like it's pretty dumb right now. And I do feel that... <laughs> it is something that is going to get better. So I think that if you're out there and you're like, oh, I really want to, I'm going to use, oh my God, and I could just use this, this application and fire my writer. Oh my God, this is perfect. You need to like, you need to calm down. If that's what you're thinking, you need to really calm down and take several seats. That's not how this works. Getting in on AI right now will help you understand how to better utilize the platform for your own use. It doesn't mean that you have to use it now. It's the same thing that I do with our agency when a new social media platform comes up. We create profiles, we go on there, we play around with it, and we see what's going on because what happens if a client says, hey, I really want to try this out or it does become a viable platform, we're going to be ahead of the curve. So if you're a marketer and you want to utilize AI, why don't you try to use it on a very low level of something where you're not really um, beholden onto its outcome? Have it write some captions for you, write some headlines for you, or do something like that and see how that comes out. But AI is not there yet. So everyone that is like, oh my God, we have to use more AI. We have to do AI. We have to. That's adorable. And I really appreciate that you're like listening to what the news cycle is. But at the same time, it's not there yet. So it's not. So the smart people are watching it and seeing how they can, figuring out how they can utilize it. 
not just running towards it blindly thinking it's going to solve all the problems. The last story that we have for our trend spotting segment is Instagram's status is now going to include which song you're listening to. So um, there is uh, Instagram's text status feature is called notes. I don't know if anybody knew that out there or how many of you knew that, but now there's a way that you can um, have your, the song that you're listening to attributed to your status update. So uh, users are now going to be able to attach a 30 second song clip of a song to their status update. Um, along with a short caption next to the track. So friends can tap into the song, listen to the snippet, um, and then there's going to be a translation button that's going to be there for extra languages. I, I don't know, you know, it's, I, think it's, I think it's cool um, to be able to add, be able to add audio um, to that. And obviously this is kind of like a first step in using audio on Instagram in a different way. Um, so I think that they're doing the right way. They're backdooring it. I do feel like audio is something that is um, going to be, we're going to be seeing more of um, maybe not this year, but maybe in the future as AI kind of progresses as well. But audio is something that's very, I mean, very powerful. Listen, you're listening to a podcast right now, <laughs> you know, it, it has, it has legs. So it's a really great way to kind of, you know, just add another feature into that Instagram experience. So I'm, I'm for this. Uh, am I going to use this tomorrow? No, I don't have the time to do this shit, but if I did, I still probably wouldn't do it. Anyway, those are the main features. <laughs> and that's how I use social media, folks. I literally turn it like it's it's like when 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 the office door is closed, social media is, is over for me. Um, we do so much of that. But all that to say, went through some good topics, Pinterest, went through AI, a little bit of Instagram. And now we are going to take a break and come back with our main topic of the week, which is thought leader versus normal social media profile. All right, after the break on The Bulletproof Marketer. Hey folks, if you really want to be a bulletproof marketer, then you need a secret weapon. Lean in, lean in, come on, a little bit more. A psychology-infused marketing strategy. Boom, and that's what our friends at Cordell Content Marketing specialize in. From human-centric SEO that also makes the Google gods happy to content and copy that break down barriers to buying and form long-lasting bonds with your target audience, Cornell knows what your buyers are thinking and also, more importantly, how they want to feel and then how you can give them what they want with your marketing. If you want to get your audience 80 to 90% sold before your buyers ever reach out to you, then you need to talk to Ray Cornell at Cornell Content Marketing. So you want to learn more, learn more and book a call at CornellContentMarketing.com. Again, that is Cornell, C-O-R-N-E-L-L, ContentMarketing.com. Go, do it now. And we are back. We are talking now about thought leadership and what the hell does that mean? And what am I supposed to do? And if someone comes and asks me about that, what do I tell them? All right. That's a lot of questions. Calm down, Joseph. I got, I got a couple of things I want to tell you here. So when we're talking about thought leadership, generally what I think first is to understand why thought leadership is what we want to focus on. What generally when I, when someone comes to me and says, you know, I want thought leadership and I want a thought leadership campaign to kind of, you know, um, give this, this idea some lift that I usually think the person that's asking me has some sort of platform 
that they're on. And they have a very specialized interest and focused interest in using their own profile to build their business. Okay. This is PR 101, right? I mean, it's kind of like, hey, you want to get some PR, write a book, and then people will talk about the book, and then you're out there, and you can talk about your other services and your agency and whatever. I mean, I've done it. I have a, I have a couple of books under my belt um, that were written for you know visibility and exposure as well as to help people, but you know, obviously visibility and exposure. So if that is the case, what, how do we, how do you execute that for an individual? So. Here's what I want to do now is like, if you're thinking, I want to kind of tell you the difference and kind of how I would approach a thought leader campaign. Because if you have, for example, there is the CEO of your company, CEO of your company, who suddenly wants to become a thought leader. We have to decide if he is a thought leader or if he will be able to become one. So let's talk about ideal scenarios and then you can choose your own adventure from this, Okay. What makes a good thought leader? A good thought leader is someone that has a strong profile. So maybe their resume or their experience or just everything about them is kind of elevated. So if someone has a, a, a fantastic, they went to Ivy League schools, they've worked for mega large companies or a lot of very successful companies, and they have a high track record of success. If they were rewarded, if there was awards, if they've won accolades, um, if they are on boards that are very, very prominent, if they're members of associations, if they have um, really strong volunteer altruistic ties to into the community, all of these things are absolutely important to de developing the right thought leader. And people will say, why? Why can't just anybody be a thought leader? Well, because you need to have something behind you once they look for you. So if I'm looking for um, Joe Schmo and I've built up this beautiful campaign and it's full of great stuff, it's highly elevated. I went through all of his profiles and made sure they look perfect, good to go. Then the press calls him and there's nothing to say. Or he's interviewed on, on um, a Zoom interview or on a TV show and he can't interview well or if he's doing video and the video content's kind of like wah, wah. i've seen a lot of that in my day and you know just because you're a thought leader doesn't mean that as soon as i call you that that suddenly you're a charismatic speaker you have to have a charisma about you that resonates with your audience now that charisma can be just knowledge you could be knowledgeable you could talk monotone but have like a fantastic bunch of information you're sharing. I know a lot of thought leaders that I highly respect that are duds in terms of the delivery, but what is great is in their delivery is fantastic information and they're not shy on sharing it, right? They're very, very just open with sharing. So that openness is another good feature of a thought leader. If you, if you're going to have somebody who just like, Oh yeah, get me on a podcast and, and, I, and get me some press coverage. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm ready. That's not how it goes, folks. What you need to do is it is a very, very delicate balance. Um, and that's why it's, it's good to make sure that your thought leader is in the right position. So they have to have that background. They have to have some sort of charisma um, when they are executing um, any sort of information exchange. They have to be something that someone people are engaging with. Um, they have to be kind of a little ballsy. 
I think that's, I think having confidence is, is very important for them. Um, but they could be media trained. If not, you know what I mean? There's ways that uh, PR professionals could jump right on that and kind of turn people around pretty quickly. But that brings me to the next point. They have to be a willing participant. Okay. Let me run that. They need to be a willing participant. Why? Because if you are executing the thought leader campaign, there's going to be things that require their thoughts. Well, you may say, Chris, you know, I've developed this whole campaign so that I can answer in, in their voice. Great. I think that's that's great that you're able to do that. But the thought leader needs to understand what thoughts that they are leading. And that brings them closer to the campaign. Even if they're like, oh, I don't have any time. I don't have any time for this. I don't have any time for this. If you don't have any time for this, you shouldn't be a thought leader, right? You should kind of maybe call it, call it and maybe do it later because you should be engaged with this. You should be interested in what people have to say. If you were a thought leader and you're like, oh God, another comment I have to respond to. You're in the wrong lane, buddy. <laughs> you want people to comment. You want people to engage with you and you should be energized by their interactions with you. Positive, negative, or indifferent because that is what gets you seen. That engagement is what's going to lift you up, especially in digital. But then let's go to the other side of the fence. Um, if you're doing digital, you absolutely have to be doing some public relations, right? You should be doing public relations with this person as the center of the story. So whatever is going to be shared that the, the PR experts are going to develop for you, this person's at the middle of it. This is the way that you jumpstart thought leadership very effectively, because if that person is already getting some media coverage, digital can go in and support that. Not only can they support that, but expand the message in their own little hubs on LinkedIn or in LinkedIn groups or on Twitter um, or wherever else. You know, these, these are things that you can very easily do. So another thing is that the collaboration, like I was saying, is, is, really, is really important. The collaborative nature is very important for a thought leader um, because then they're able to pivot. Um, also making sure that they are good with how a thought leader would speak. A thought leader does not go out and say, hey, our brand did this about this and isn't this great and we won four awards about it and here's some pictures of us. That's not a thought leader post. Now, it could be something that's wrapped into their overall editorial, but that's not the angle I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on, okay, I'm a financial thought leader in investing, let's say. Then Everything that I'm going to, I'm going, every thought that I'm going to share is going to be a, a really, really uh, solid and usable tip when it comes to investing. So it could be putting original thoughts out there to have people, what do you think about this? Or in my experience, it could be a personal story. It could be grabbing a news story and swinging off of that as why it's relevant and what my take is on the story from CNBC or um, Wall Street Journal. See what I mean? Like there's lots of different ways that you can execute that, but you need to have a willing participant. Also, if you are going to do thought leadership, saying no to opportunities does not forward your approach. So the person needs to be open. It, For example, one of, if, you, if there's any PR people out there are listening to this right now, I'm sure that you've probably heard this by one of your clients. Hey, my number one thing is I want to I want to get on X TV show. It used to be Oprah was the was the big one, or 
I want to get in the Wall Street Journal if I'm a finance person, or I want to be on XYZ or what have you. That is great. But if you are only focused on the top, you're losing a lot of climbing uh, rocks or like things that you put your, your, your hands on to climb taller and higher because each one of these smaller opportunities are stepping stones for you. So you get to that elevated thought leadership and all of it is a groundswell. So if you're just sitting there going, oh no, that publication only has 1 million followers. I want 200 million. It's like, get off your high horse. You know, all of this stuff is going to be useful for you. And so if, if you have a thought leader that is saying, no, I'm not talking, that's far too inconsequential for me. Well, aren't you special, sweetheart? You know, the whole goal is to get you opportunities for you to spread your thought leadership and every opportunity for you to talk is what gets you elevated. And you don't just say, oh, I'm going to be a thought leader. And then the next day you get a plaque that says, hi, my name is Joe Schmo and I'm a thought leader. It's like, God dang. But anyway, um, I'm getting in the weeds here a little bit, but another thing that if you're, um, is consistency and communication, um, meaning that if you're going to be starting, uh, starting an approach, you're going to need to consistently execute it. So if you're putting, if the thought leader is posting on LinkedIn, let's say, and like one week, it's like, ah, I'm answering every single one within five minutes. And oh my God, and really, really back and forth, back and forth. And then that's it for three months. That's not a thought leader make either. They need to be engaged or you need to be able to pick up the ball to run it to the, for a touchdown. So that's just something else to think about as well. Also, they have to have a point of view and a point of view that's very unique or a point of view that can be angled to be unique and special. So what I mean by that is if you're able to know what the POV is, you can very easily look what's trending and digitally and find what stories that you can kind of match to your thought leader. So the best platforms just, by the way, are LinkedIn and Twitter for this. Um, I think LinkedIn is gangbusters the best, um, but Twitter is also a really phenomenal one. But also depending on your uh, your category, what you're trying to achieve, your business model and your audience, there are other platforms out there. I mean, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and I mean, and Pinterest, they all have they all have their place as well, depending on what you're looking for. But dead certs, definitely LinkedIn, Twitter um, is is really fantastic for a lot of B2B communications too. But overall, a thought leader campaign requires a thought leader that is flexible, that has that will that is <laughs> that will give you grace, that's collaborative, and is uh, and is just open to opportunities. Of course, that person will also have a stellar background. They'll be connected. And they'll have different platforms that they've already engaged with. Like maybe they've spoken at different events or they've had a keynote or whatever. All of these things are really powerful. So just make sure that your, your uh, thought leader is going to lead the brainstorm around the topic and not lead the drainstorm of your success. Uh, because if you start a thought leader campaign with um, a leader that does not want to participate, it's going to be a very, very heavy lift. And it's also going to result in middling stats. Uh, so anyway, that's thought leader. That's my take on that. Um, I hope that was helpful. And after the break, I have more, I'm talking to you marketers. I got more marketing stuff for you guys here on BPM. Um, we're going to be talking about BPM versus Stockholm syndrome after the break on the bulletproof marketer. 
get creative and get healthy. Avoid sugar and add tasty fizz to anything. Hey folks, if you know me, I am always, uh, don't go anywhere without uh, a little tumbler full of carbonated water. I love my sparkling water. And I've been using the Soda Maker brands for a while and, uh, you know, very happily. But then I found a game changer and that game changer is Drinkmate. Drinkmate can directly sparkle any cold drink. Their specially engineered system lets you carbonate almost anything. Now you could easily add tasty sparkle to water, to juice, to iced tea, cocktails, wine, and more. Honest to gosh, I had a gathering at my house. We ran out of champagne. I had some Chardonnay, got some Chardonnay, put it in the drink mate and made it into a sparkly Prosecco. There's fantastic ways. And really there isn't any limit to the combinations that you can try. With Drinkmate, you could be creative and explore new sparkling drinks that weren't even possible to make before. And guess what? You control what goes in them. So avoid that excessive sugar and harmful chemicals and make it healthy for you, your family, and your loved ones. Get started today by visiting www.idrinkproducts.com. Again, that's www.i, the letter I, drinkproducts.com and learn more about how you can change your life with Drinkmate. Okay, we're back. It is BPM versus Stockholm, Stockholm Syndrome time. Okay, marketers, you know something, you aren't crazy. You just think you are, right? What, what I'm talking about is marketer Stockholm Syndrome and where we get so far into our heads that we can't see reality, much less what is about five feet in front of us? So this segment's where um, if I can just help fun marketer from not going, what? And feel empowered, I'm here. So what am I going to share today? What I'm going to share is a statement that I, I heard the other day that I thought was very interesting. And the statement goes a little bit something like this. I just can't get my audience to grow. I don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, you know, I, I've done everything, you know, it, it looks like I'm getting more people, but it's just like every time I pull reports, the audience is smaller. What's going on? Oh my gosh. I'm going to really make you happy. So uh, in, a, in, a, in a land far, far away, in a, in a time long, long ago, there was uh, something called buying followers and in the wonderful world of buying followers you could go to hundreds of different sites and pay 20 bucks and get 10,000 followers well in those in that far 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 off land uh this is where a lot of uh, a lot of agent a lot of brands actually spent very minimal budgets and had huge audiences so have you ever noticed when you go to a um, when you go to a, a, a company's profile, maybe on Instagram, maybe, and you're like, "Good Lord, look at their audience! They have like seven hundred thousand followers. That's like freaking crazy." Then you scroll down a little bit, and you take a look at the engagement on each one of their posts, and it's like a onesie twosie, onesie twosie. Hmm, what does that say to me? What that says to me is that those are purchased followers because when, when you have an absolutely massive audience and then you have a very, very tiny uh, little bit of engagement, that is not authentic. So marketers out there, 
when you get a new account, so say for example, in an agency, I don't know exactly what happened on that account prior to getting it. So I don't really know. So maybe you're just joining a company and you're taking over their Twitter account, for example. And, um, or I just get a Twitter account from one of my new clients. Well, I'm going in the back end and I can kind of see stuff, you know, I can look at some stats and I can kind of see ebbs and flows and this kind of thing, but up to a point, I can't see everything. So I'm like, wow, they have 600,000 followers. That's, that's a crazy amount. That's wonderful. And then I'm looking at their engagements and everything. And it's like, they're not, they're not posting anything. They have no consistent scheduling um, process. Their target, the stuff is all crap. The content's terrible. Like how the hell do they grow this audience like this? So immediately what I do is I look at the engagement, I look at the audience, and then I flag it for the account manager who's managing it. And I say, listen, it looks like in the past that someone may have purchased um, likes or audience on this account. So there's a couple things you have to look out for. Number one is shadow banning. Shadow banning happens on every single one of the social media platforms, and it is directed right at you if you have purchased followers ever. Again, Shadow banning happens on every platform. And if you've purchased followers, they're coming for you. Who's coming for you? The actual platform themselves. Because you having that audience of fake people does nothing to benefit that platform. It is a vanity metric that is meaningless for you. And that's why when people will say to me, well, I have a million followers and it didn't make me a dollar in revenue. Well, sweet cheeks, that's because you bought a million of those followers and they're all fake. There you go, buddy. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. So that's why you're not making money on social media because you're doing it wrong. You're doing it ethically. So what happens if you constantly are losing people on your accounts? You've got to see what the wins are because you are probably losing more people than you're gaining. But you're gaining a lot more people than have been gained ever. So for example, if I look at Twitter and I'm like, oh my God, I only got two new followers this month. I know I did better than that. Well, guess what? All of these platforms, they'll do shadow bans, but they'll also just remove them. So they will remove them en masse. So all of these, all of these platforms are constantly going through and removing fake accounts, which count for those fake likes that you purchased and fake follows. So as they start culling that and they remove that, those people are getting removed from your audience because those accounts no longer exist. So then you're starting to shrink. It's like you're, ble you're bleeding and, you, and like someone popped the vein and they can't stop it. So then what you do is you look at what you've gained. If you were projecting that you would gain 150 or 500 followers maybe in a month on Twitter and you're only getting two, I guarantee you any money putting it all down on sevens right here that you have gained probably that number, but you've lost more Then that's why it's affecting your numbers. See what I mean? So we feel like we're unsuccessful. We feel like we're doing the wrong thing, but what we're not paying attention to is that they're hemorrhaging followers. So marketers out there that are looking at metrics around um, audience please, please, please watch those numbers and point them out to the client. Also, real hot tip, if you say, hey, looks like this is something that happens when you purchase followers, don't ask them if they purchased it. They're never going to admit to it. 
They're never going to admit to it. It's a shameful fact. Listen, if you if something is shameful and you don't want to talk about it, maybe you shouldn't do it as like a marketing exercise. This is part of your strategy. If you don't want to like scream it from the rooftop, shut up and don't do it. Find another way. Work a little harder, you know. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to digress on that. But I know marketers are out there going like, oh, shit, I just can't build this audience. Make sure that you are tracking how many accounts are leaving. And also when you're seeing those, maybe if those people are unfollowing you or they're vanishing or whatever, take a look at who these people are. I guarantee they're all this trashy garbage that was purchased just to get some vanity numbers, but they're all going to go away, folks. So unfortunately, the audience will go away and you're probably going to have some issues with shadow banning of your organic content. So if you're posting some really great stuff on one account, if you have apples to apples, if there's two accounts that are absolutely stellar, fantastic, same same vertical, same product, same category, and one is just totally blowing the other out of the water, it's probably due to shadow banning. And I've said it multiple times, Google it for the full definition, but you don't want it happening to you because you won't be able to find out that it's happening to you. You can't just go, hey, Mr. Instagram. Um, I just can't get any new engagement. Am I being shadow banned? They're not going to be like, oh, yes, absolutely. We're shadow banning you. It, it shadows live in the shadows. <laughs> it's not supposed to be something that's public, right? So anyway, I digress. So these are all things that I just want you just to kind of keep into consideration, keep in the top of your mind when running reports and you're kind of looking at your metrics. You're probably doing much better than you think you are. All right, after the break, I'm going to give you the silver bullet. After the break on the Bulletproof Marketer. Hey, friends. At the Go Agency, my creative team is always on the lookout for the latest trends and best practices when it comes to marketing. Of course, as a total marketing nerd, I love this and can't wait to see what they find and share every day. It's something we do every morning. It's, it's, it's just like such a team bonding thing, and we, we absolutely love diving into it. And every day our team combs through the latest digital marketing news and newsletters and blogs and everything that's available to us to find the best stories to share internally with our team. Every topic from chat GPT to social media to email marketing and SEO, we cover it all. But I don't believe in keeping good information all to myself. So we share this daily process with all of you via our Bulletproof Marketer newsletter. Our daily newsletter is packed with tips, trends, and best practices that will help you stay in the loop without having to read through tons of newsletters, blogs, and websites. You're busy. Give me a break. You don't want to do this. This is like the silver bullet. One-stop shop. Got everything you need. So totally free. No obligations, people. I'm not going to try to sell you everything constantly. This is just really great digital marketing tips that will help you level up your business. So sign up today for our daily email at gosalesandmarketing.com forward slash bulletproof dash marketer. Again, that's gosalesandmarketing.com forward slash bulletproof dash marketer. And if you like it, share the wealth with your peers, colleagues, and friends. Again, if you can't get there, go to gosalesandmarketing.com and a pop-up will take you where you need to go. Appreciate your support as always, friends. Enjoy. Okay, we're back. Bullet time, folks. So what is the silver bullet? The number one marketing tip that is going to be a great takeaway for you. Here it is. It is use data to explain or answer questions from your client, your boss, whoever's, whoever's 
asking about your work and success, not how you're feeling about it. Okay, so this is something that um, is, uh, it, it, it's something that marketers tend to do when they are trying to figure out how to explain a complex topic to a, uh, a boss or a colleague or whatever, a peer, but like even, or even for us in our case, a client. Uh, what I find is that maybe 10 years ago, we had to really dumb down our explanations for our, our clients because they didn't fully understand social because it was still fairly new. Um, but now they want those metrics. They want that information. They want that extra, extra touch point. So if that is the case, answer their questions utilizing it. And this is like, so how do you feel like our campaign is going? I don't want to feel anything. This is data. So I believe that your campaign is successful because of these. And then you go through the metrics that you have already agreed upon with this person, your client, your boss, whatever, on what success means. So if the metrics are met, you both say this is success and you've met the metrics, what the hell are you asking me that for? You're trying to, you're, you're, you're probably unhappy because you didn't understand what those metrics meant in the first place. Yep. That's why. And also they're trying to maybe get some more results out of you. So if that is the case, make sure that you understand the data. Uh, that's why we, what we did at the Go Agency is we have a, a full reporting dashboard that we provide to our clients that has live success and live rates on the on the second. So they can look in their campaigns at any time. Why do I do that? Because I know that I can create successful campaigns and I know that they can look at any time and get the information that they need. Will I still go above and beyond in, in explaining it using that data? Absolutely. So I have a little, that for me, it's a time saver because I can go grab those metrics. I can show them on the call. They can get on and look at them themselves, show their board, have it in their weekly meetings, whatever. But I say all of this to say that data is better to explain growth and progress and success than just like, well, you know, I feel like this is the way we should go because I've worked on other campaigns that have very similar metrics and this is kind of what we did. None of that is worth, that's not good enough anymore. You need to say, I worked on a campaign and got 20% growth based off of a $500 budget for a 10-day ad spend. So if that is the case, and you're going to be doing that exact same, I do expect somewhere between like a 12 and 15% um, conversion rate on whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Doesn't that sound better? That sounds better. And it's better because it's true. So Data is the way to go. Don't shy away from it. Silver bullet. I know you hate, everyone hates talking about data, but I think it's something that we all should as marketers start doing. All right. After the break, just one more word from your lovely kind host, me, Christopher Tompkins after the break. Oh, welcome back. Oh gosh. What a, what a, what a good stretch of time we had together. Oh, just, I'm just going through all of my memories. Uh, we were talking about Pinterest and, oh gosh, you know, all the new features and premier spotlights, how fun and how, how AI, how my, how both of my dogs, both Charlie and Olive are smarter than AI. I just, I love it when my dogs are smarter than things. And uh, I also have uh, Instagram adding songs to their statuses. I don't really care about that. Uh, then we went through thought leaders, kind of what you need to know, what they need to be like. So you don't feel crazy when a thought leader campaign tanks and you're like, why isn't this working? It's usually the thought leader. Then, <laughs> then we talked about 
um, how uh, the B in the BP versus Stockholm syndrome, we were talking about um, how sometimes uh, fake followers will kind of impact your your stats in a way that makes you feel like you can't you can't ever win, but you are winning. You just have to find a way of showing that. And obviously, the silver bullet is using data to explain questions from whoever is questioning you. Always report data when trying to show success. But hey, you know, it's been really fun talking to you. I hope you got something out of this. There's a lot of goodies in here today and a lot of opinions. Jeez, I'm like full of opinions today. I'm very opinionated. But, uh, you know, what was your favorite part of today's show? You know, join the conversation. You can tweet me at BP Marketer um, and let me know. Uh, just, you know, I'd love to hear if you want, if there's topics that you want me to cover or anything else that I can kind of be of service to you with. Um, make sure to sign up for our companion newsletter, which is the Bulletproof Marketer as well. And you can do that at gosalesandmarketing.com. As soon as you go there, there's gonna be a pop-up that's gonna smack you right in the face. <laughs> Throw your email in there and you'll start getting it immediately. Comes out every morning. It's great for a cup, grab a cup of coffee, go through that. It's all of the latest breaking digital marketing trends across disciplines. So it's social, it's email, it's ads, it's AI, it's everything. So make sure to check that out and get into the inner circle. But folks, I got to run, be kind, be authentic, and be bulletproof. Till next time, folks, check you out soon.